the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Thursday edition. Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Whether you're listening on 98.9 here in Columbus or 94.5 in Dayton, the... uh, randomness of life, how quickly it can be snuffed out, often by violence, but also in uh, other ways. At the top of the show today, uh, we had overnight here in central Ohio, two shootings involving young people as victims. A 19-year-old was shot at 3 a.m. in the hilltop, and a 15-year-old was shot at 2 a.m. on the east side. Uh, We do not, uh, as of yet, have any update on their conditions other than neither one was killed uh, in those shootings. But a 15-year-old shot at 2 a.m.? I mean, wow, that that is sad on many, many, many levels. Another 15-year-old young man lost his life yesterday through no fault of his own other than just utter randomness. Wrong place, wrong time. Uh, Devon Biggs, his name. By all accounts, a very popular young man at Eastmore Academy, um, an athlete, a good student, standing at a traffic light on the sidewalk, waiting for the light to change. When a woman, a distracted driver, uh, was reaching into the back seat of her car to give her uh, young daughter uh, a pacifier, Turned her head for just a second, turned back, noticed traffic had stopped abruptly in front of her. She swerved to avoid a collision, and as sometimes, maybe even often happens, uh, what she swerved to avoid uh, ends up inflicting a worse result because she veered up onto the sidewalk and hit 15-year-old Devon Biggs, and he died. So that is uh, just awful for uh, for both families. I mean... Accidents happen, and there's no explaining. Like, for instance, the other day here close to our studio, and most of you were affected by this if you commute to the north side, uh, were affected by the accident at Lazelle and 23 that killed uh, 11-year-old Elia Barbon. Uh, She was a passenger in a small SUV. The woman driving the SUV was turning left and turned left right in front of a semi on a rainy day on a, you know, a dark-ish time of day. And I was talking with it, uh, about it with one of my colleagues here, and we're like, how could you just turn in front of a semi? You obviously don't intend to do that. You don't intend to get in a horrific accident that took this young girl's life. Are you distracted by something you're doing in the car? Are you distracted by something you're thinking about? It can be in a, on a rainy morning with lights and dusk and sun coming up and everything. We, we just don't know. But, boy, these confluence of news stories, all involving young people, so, so tragic, and point out the uh, brevity 
of life and the randomness of life. And, uh, you know, all you can do is pray that, uh, and I often do pray that I don't uh, pose a danger to anyone else uh, or a danger to the people that I love. Uh, These things are not, of course, in many cases planned. Shootings are planned by somebody, but these these traffic accidents just heartbreaking that uh, we lost a 15-year-old boy yesterday and an 11-year-old girl the day before uh, in Logan which is south of Columbus uh, they are um, grieving the loss of a 15-year-old boy Bryce Butcher he tells uh, his story is told uh, on ABC6 website uh, where he was bullied and he committed suicide took his own life And his mother talks about how he hid the details of what he was enduring at school, uh, that he had been in a fight, that he had gotten beaten up in a fight, but that he didn't share fully what he was thinking and certainly not that he was thinking of taking his own life. So just a lot of pain and a lot of hurt out there. And uh, it's just so, so sad uh, when things like this happen. And it makes us grateful. As I've said before, it feels often to me Uh, Like evil is just running rampant in our culture, in our world, in our state, in our city. And that if you are fortunate enough for it not to intersect with your life, you need to recognize the degree of good fortune that you are having. And uh, to hopefully order your life in such a way that uh, should that ever change, And should your life ever intersect uh, with the evil that is clearly out there and clearly prowling around and, as the Bible says, looking for someone to devour, uh, you will have prepared as much for it as you possibly can, although no one can prepare adequately for something like the death of a 15-year-old boy waiting for the light to change so he can cross the street or an 11-year-old girl sitting in a car, probably on her way to school, And there are several establishments in that area of Lazelle and 23 where the woman driving the car might have been going to get a coffee, might have been going to get the little girl a a donut, a sandwich, a smoothie. Uh, We just do not know. But, of course, violence and crime is not new in any major city. We've got a lot of it in Columbus. And all of it is wrapped in this era of polarization and Picking a side, not evaluating, not even waiting to evaluate things that are determined by, hopefully, by an orderly process. Uh, We have grand juries in our country to listen to evidence to determine whether or not there should be charges brought if there is probable cause to expect a crime committed. Grand jury deliberations are supposed to be secret unless they involve Donald Trump and then they're leaked, or unless you have a prosecutor of one political persuasion and the target of the investigation is of another political persuasion, then the details often link out or leak out. And we will have a grand jury deliberation here in Columbus, according to uh, Franklin County Prosecutor Gary Tyak. He says they are going to the grand jury with the death of 13-year-old Sinze Reed. Now, Sinze Reed was a young man who was shot by a 36... Sinze Reed is black, 
He was shot by a 36-year-old white man who contends he shot Reed in self-defense. And we'll find out from the grand jury whether charges are brought. Initially, there were charges in this case. Uh, Then the charges were dismissed. The 36-year-old says he shot in self-defense. If I had to guess, and it is just a guess, I would anticipate that there will be charges brought in this case because grand jury members know very well what the climate is in our culture right now. We're watching a New York City play out a case where a black man on a New York City subway was acting erratically, threatening passengers. He was restrained by a former Marine who is white. He restrained him in a chokehold or some kind of a hold to just, you know, pacify the person. And he held him for like 15 minutes until the police arrived, subway authorities, whatever. And when the medics got there, when the authorities got there, then this black man died. And so right now we're having protests in New York City because we're not going to let, we've already decided this guy's guilty. Of course he's guilty. He's white. He killed a black man. You saw how quickly activists jumped on the George Floyd verdict, didn't wait for a verdict to be rendered in a court of law, which it was. But how much death, destruction, vandalism, violence could have been avoided if we just wait for the system to work? The presumption, I understand, on the African-American community is that the system won't work. It won't work for Sinze Reed. It wouldn't have worked for George Floyd. It won't work for Andre Hill, black man shot by a white police officer, Columbus police officer. It won't work for Casey Goodson. That's the presumption out there. But if we just are going to, ahead of time, make up our minds how we're going to react and we're going to get instant results, if not from the legal system, then from whatever protests we hold and whatever damage we can inflict and whatever unrest we can foment, well, then we don't live in an orderly society. And I think we all would hope to live in an orderly society, although the way I look at the Biden administration and Democrats in Washington and the things they're doing to upset all the norms and things that have always been, uh, I wonder if they want us to live uh, in an orderly society. So it's sad that we have to continue to talk about these kinds of things, continue to kind of continue to see these kinds of events play out. I don't think it makes us a better country. I don't think it allows us to get along with each other better. I think it drives suspicion and mistrust, not just in each other, but in the institutions that we have to have and have had to function as a normal, orderly society. look at our southern border and you think this is happening in America? Yeah, it is. All over America. So yesterday, about halfway through the show, we had a lot of drama unfolding in the city of Atlanta where a 24-year-old man shot and killed one woman, and shot and seriously injured four others. Uh, He, like the 30-year-old on the New York subway, 
who had to be restrained and was restrained to the degree that he died and now causing protests in New York City and cries of, you know, racism and all this. Uh, The racism uh, case cannot be made in Atlanta, so you know, of course, what will be, what case will be made. The gun control case is already being made. Of course it's being made by Raphael Warnock, the senator from Georgia. Boy, does that pain me to say that, that we had a chance to get rid of Raphael Warnock and we ran a candidate with the um, mm, checkered past of Herschel Walker. But in Atlanta, uh, the shooter is black. I do not know if all the victims are black. Uh, But he was a Coast Guard uh, veteran who his mother said had been hoping to receive a certain medication from the VA, but they would not give it to him because they said it would be too addicting. Now, the mom is a nurse, and she was campaigning that her son be medicated by this drug because she would be monitoring it and would make sure that he took the proper dosage. Now, the mom feels terrible about this. She has been, as as would any mom, she is the one who called 911 yesterday uh, in the aftermath of the shooting. Here is the 911 operator. Black male, about six feet tall, wearing a black hoodie. He's going to be a perk between ages of 20 and 25. Caller is still on the phone with 911, advising it's going to be her son. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. Her name is uh, Minione Patterson. His name is Dion Patterson. And he sh- committed this crime on the 11th floor of a medical building. The person that he killed is an employee of the CDC. The other people that he shot were ages 71, 56, 39, and 25. So is this is this a random act of violence? Is this... An issue he had with the medical office where he was? Is this something directed to one of the people there and the other people intervened and they got shot? Who knows? But they did apprehend him last night because after he committed this shooting, he left the building and original reports were that he stole a car. He did not steal a car. There was a truck left unattended. I don't know if he figured out how to start it. The keys were in it. But he took the truck about 10 miles away because Atlanta is Fulton County. He was arrested in Cobb County, 10 miles away. And the law enforcement people are lauding the uh, technological investigative means that they have at their disposal uh, to bring him in. So, yes, of course, it had to be politicized immediately. Raphael Warnock, U.S. Senator from Georgia. Uh, called immediately on lawmakers to act on gun violence and condemned gun lobbyists. Yes, because Dion Patterson is probably sitting there in the waiting room, perfectly content, reading a magazine. And then a gun lobbyist sitting next to him in the, in the uh, lobby probably goaded him into shooting people without any provocation at all. Uh, Warnock said it's deeply upsetting that the shooting happened in a medical building where healthcare workers and first responders work to keep people safe. This happened in a medical facility where people are trying to find healing, he said. I probably didn't give that enough evangelical fervor, knowing how Raphael Warnock loves to play up his considerable voice inflection 
when he preaches from the pulpit at the Ebenezer Baptist Church. Um, what of these mass shootings? Well, if you're waiting on the manifesto from the transgender murderer in Nashville, keep holding your breath. You're not blue enough yet. We had reports last week that they were finally going to release the manifesto or some of the journals that Audrey Hale penned before she murdered three kids and three adults at Covenant Christian School. We all know what's in those journals. We all know it's going to be her expressing hatred toward Christians because they won't gender affirm her transition from female to male. We all know that. Everyone knows that. But we need it confirmed. And of course, the left is fighting this because they are very good at taking what is obvious and twisting it into something to their benefit. Like a transgender shooter murdered six Christians, three of them under 10 years old. And within, I don't even know if it was days, wasn't it hours that this was indicative of the violence being done to trans people? Not by trans people, which there's ample evidence of plenty of that. But no, it became evident of how under attack trans people are because, yeah, a trans person murdered six people. And you want to see the manifesto? Why? So you can label trans people hatred, hate, hateful? So you can label trans people mentally ill, delusional? Yeah, because that's kind of important information to know. A Metro Nashville PD announced Wednesday afternoon that due to pending litigation filed this week, the Metropolitan Nashville Police Department has been advised by counsel to hold the release of records related to the shooting at the Covenant School pending orders or direction of the court. So I'll say it again. I don't know if they're ever going to release this manifesto, and the longer they take to release it, and we're already past an appropriate amount of time for them to have released this manifesto, they now have by the delay, called into question whether what they release, if they release anything, whether what they release is authentic or whether what they release is a bunch of made-up garbage that somebody cobbled together to hide, to obfuscate, to lie about what the transgender shooter's motivation was. You say, wow, that's a conspiracy Well, I watch them play out from the White House podium in the press room every single day. Every single day, we get lie after lie after lie. I'll play a few of them for you from yesterday's press room. Next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.